Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. This is a safe place for everyone. No matter what your faith is or isn't. Reverend Angelus Wise is our host. He firmly believes that the divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help you faith. No matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen and heal you and your faith. So, be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How is everyone doing? I so hope and pray that you all are well and blessed. I am so happy to have you all here. If you're new to the show, thank you for finding us. It is my deepest hope and prayer that you find everything you're looking for in a podcast, especially a faith-based podcast here and more. And if you're returning, infinite thanks, blessings and love for being a loyal, long-time listener. So today we're going to be talking about reframing your life. I'm going to do my very level best to empower you to make the changes that you need to make to your life and to your mind. And we're going to talk a lot about the mind and the brain and the heart and all of that today. So stick around. So about a year, a year and a half ago, I saw an incredible series of sermons on YouTube by senior pastor Craig Groeschel. Uh, senior pastor Groeschel is uh, one of the founders of Life Church, if not the founder. Um, and Life Church is one of the first, if not the first, internet churches. Uh, really great. And if you are a reformist, I highly, highly recommend it. And if someone's saying what's a reformist that's what catholics call protestants so any non-catholics check out and even if you're catholic check out senior pastor craig Groeschel and the life church i will have a link to that in the show notes but anyway getting back to his um uh, amazing sermons it was called winning the war in your mind and he's also released a book under that same title that gives all the information uh, that you find in those uh, YouTube sermons. And of course, I'll have a link to the book as well. Um, and he talks in it about how we frame our minds. So he had an example of a huge um, picture of, you know, some storms approaching and, um, you know, how the sky transitions where it's sunny and beautiful in one section but the storms over on the left side are approaching. So that's what this picture was. If you can envision this, it was huge. So he takes a little eight by 10 frame or 11 by 17 frame and holds it up to the picture. Now you can only see what's in frame. And that's how our lives are, is we only see what our mind is framing. So where do you, where does the frame your frame of mind go in this picture. Well, he held it up to this stormy area, you know, which was where most people live. That's where most people frame uh, their lives is, you know, it's negative, it's difficult, it's tragic, it's, you know, not positive or, or beautiful or great. We tend to focus on the negative and that's not against us. That's just how our Upbringing, our culture, our society, uh, it's all programmed us to, to be this way. But we need to reprogram the computer of our mind to move the frame. It's the same picture. Nothing's changing. Just how our mind frames things and sees things. So we need to move our frame of mind over to the sunny side of the street, so to speak. My hopes and prayers are that this show will be helpful and beneficial to you in helping to refrain your mind. And no doubt we'll have more shows on this because a big thing with this show is self-care. And this is a huge, 
huge thing uh, of self-care and a huge thing of changing your life, reframing your life. Again, it's the same picture. You're just looking at it differently. You're, you're going to do things you normally wouldn't do that are positive because we all tend to live in such a negative mode. Show of hands, how many of you have heard of the Reticula Activating System, also known as RAS? Say what? I know, not many, right? But it is a thing. And what is this thing? It is like a mother, using computer terms, because your mind is, your brain is like a computer. This Reticula Activating System is like the motherboard and firewall on a computer. It governs your mind into what it thinks, how it thinks, the amount of information that it processes. It also is huge with fight or flight. And that's something that deters us from trying new things, from you know going after our hopes and our dreams, you know, by exploring you know, there's so much fear in all that. And the RAS is greatly responsible for this. So I have a little article I'm going to read by John Rampton. Uh, it's a June 16th, 2017 um, article from the Entrepreneur Magazine. It's called Neuroscience Tells Us How to Hack Our Brains for Success. Tricks like visualizations and writing down your goals have a strong basis in science. What's the secret to success? Some would argue that insanely successful people possess traits like having a vision, showing gratitude, being honest, learning from failure, and having a high emotional intelligence. While these traits definitely play a role, the real secret to success comes down to science, particularly advancements in neuroscience and how you can condition your brain to achieve your dreams and goals. The neuroscience of success can be complicated, but it's really about how your brain functions in three different areas. Reticular activating system, RAS, the release of dopamine, and your memory. If you're not a science person, I'll try to make this all as painless as possible. And I'm going to share a little bit of the article. I'm not going to read the whole thing, and I will definitely have a link to its entirety in the show notes and description. The reticular activating system located at the base of the brain where it connects with the spinal cord is one of the most important parts of the brain. RAS influences cognition and is basically a filter for the roughly 8 million bits of information subconsciously flowing through our brain. In other words, it eliminates the white noise. When a message gets past the RAS filter, it enters the cerebrum and is then converted into conscious thoughts, emotions, or even both. As Ruben Gonzalez, author of The Courage to Succeed, explains, even though the cerebrum is the center of thought, it will not respond to a message unless the RAS allows it. The RAS is like Google. There are millions of websites out there, but you filter out the ones you are not interested in simply by typing a keyword. So what messages get through? Pretty much just the ones that are currently important to you. For example, if you're focused on preparing for a speaking engagement, then your RAS is going to filter in the thoughts that are going to make your presentation a success, such as the tools and resources you'll need to deliver a memorable excuse me, speech. Or I should say here, expand, the RAS will filter in what it believes will be what you are requesting and needing. We'll talk about that more here in a moment. As Gonzalez adds, this means the more you keep your goals top of mind, the more your subconscious mind will work to reach them. That's why writing your goals down every day, visualizing your intended outcome, and regularly saying affirmations is so important. Doing those things truly does help you to focus your subconscious mind on what's important to you. So I was just saying the RAS 
filters and focuses on what it believes or what you're telling it. So if you're wanting success and you're visualizing success, you're telling the RAS and it in turn is telling your brain positive affirmations, positive things, giving positive input into achieving that goal. I'll again share more about that here in just a moment. As Mark Lukens, founding partner of Method 3, wrote recently, when we succeed at something, our brains release chemical rewards, the most important of which is neurotransmitter dopamine, a chemical best known for the role it plays in addiction and drug use. Dopamine, despite this negative association, is a natural part of how our brains function, producing the sensation of pleasure whenever you taste coffee or chocolate or when you achieve a big win. Because of this, it makes sense that dopamine is strongly connected to motivation, driving us to repeat the behaviors that create that rush, even when we aren't experiencing it. However, the dopamine response is short-term, but since our brains remember how awesome it was before, we strive to seek it out over and over again. That's when dopamine loops enter the picture. After you've experienced repeated success, the pleasure you initially had gets smaller and smaller. Think of it this way. After you've already beaten a video game, it just doesn't feel as good the second or third time, right? That's when you seek bigger rewards like unlocking trophies, new characters, or swag when completing a level. Under the right circumstances, this can drive us to seek out even greater thrills, adds Lukens. It's why video game players are constantly engaged. It's the reason why you check your phone every minute after updating your Facebook status. And it's what motivates us in accomplishing bigger and better things. For instance, if your goal was to acquire three new clients within two weeks, then your next goal would be to acquire six new clients in one week. Everything else is the same except the more challenging and more rewarding task of doubling your stable of clients. As an added perk, this also helps you weed out the work and goals that aren't motivating you or your team. So the whole saying of you are what you eat is very, very relevant to this Uh, If you put garbage in your mind, if you're thinking garbage, then you're going to get garbage. If you're thinking positive, then you're going to get positive. I know, I know, I know. There's lots of naysayers out there that say, you know what, I can't. It's not. See, that's negative. You're saying I can't. That's already committing yourself to failure. Um, I, you know, I can't, I won't, I can't, you know, it's just the list of reasons why you can't do something needs to be thrown away or scratched out and rewritten as to the reasons why and how you can. Also, something else that plays a big part is our memories. Neuroscientists who have studied the way that the brain retrieves memories can also determine success. Think about that for a second. That time you went mountain biking and had a nasty spill. That was a bad experience that might discourage you from mountain biking again, at least for the foreseeable future. The same is true with starting a business. It failed, and now you are more hesitant about taking that risk again. This is so very key. Things that condition us. You might have, like for example, I have a fear of heights, vertigo, in for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why. I love aeronautics. I love flight. Flying doesn't bother me. I guess because I'm encapsulated in something that I, my mind believes is safe. Uh, but just like looking over a railing, um, you know, it's just, you know, you get that deep feeling in your tummy, like your tummy's dropped down. Um, so I had to analyze and contemplate where in the world did that come from everything you fear comes from a past experience or thought 
Um, so for me, I was able to figure out through meditation and contemplation that when I was very, very young, young enough to hold, uh, my grandmother was visiting and she was at the second floor of our home and she was holding me. I don't know if I moved or if she slipped as far as letting me go, but I fell from her arms and I fell down the steps. So that is one marker as to why I have this vertigo or fear of heights. Um, second was when I was five years old, uh, my father had this very old 1950s pickup truck. And it was one of those where he said, don't lean against the door, because if you lean against the door, you go out the door. Um, the door opens up and, you know, 1950s vehicles did not have seatbelts. So he was taking me um, to kindergarten and on the way he turned a corner onto a side street uh, quite quickly. And I slid in the seat, hit the door and went out, <laughs> out the door. Yes. And uh, fortunately, there was some nice soft gravel on the side of the road. Hey. Better that than concrete that cushioned my fall. So that's another marker. Two markers that I've figured out that probably are the reason why my mind is afraid of heights. Because my RAS is telling my mind, hey, look, you've had bad experiences with this before. It's dangerous. Don't do it. So that causes that fight or flight that adrenaline pumping, the stomach to drop. Um, again, I hope that makes some sense and you all can apply it to just about literally everything that you have a phobia or fear about. It can be even something as simple as this. I have a tendency to um, get along and associate better with women than I do men. Now, why is that? Again, meditation and contemplation has shown me that it's because of my upbringing. The men in my life, primarily my father, uh, who was abusive at that time and very degrading, uh, abusive in physical, mental and verbal. So that made me not associate with men very well. When we would go to family gatherings, um, men would instantly separate to one room and women would go to the other room. I would go to the room where the women were and I would just sit and listen to them. And, you know, that has followed me through my life. So again, contemplation and meditation on this, those are the markers, I believe, as to why. Um, you know, well, people would say, well, you have an, an amazing, you had an amazing mentor and your grandfather. True. But my grandfather was not the John Wayne, Clint Eastwood type. He was very gentle, very soft. I don't want to say feminine, but your mind can equate that to a feminine quality, a yang quality in the yin and yang system. So again, my RAS says gravitate more towards those who are soft and intelligent. Not that all women are soft. <laughs> A lot of women are very, very strong. My wife is definitely very, very strong. But I hope you get what I'm pointing at here. What I'm saying is that that can be traced. You know, my R RAS in the back of my brain is telling my mind that associating with males, especially strong males, is dangerous. So how do we reframe that? How do we rewire that? We're going to get into that here in just a little bit. So back to the article, scientists, however, found that we can edit those bad memories to remove the negative associations. In fact, this memory therapy is used to treat PTSD sufferers. You can also edit good memories to further propel you towards success. To weaken bad memories, bring that memory back and then let it get smaller and dimmer, like you're watching a small black and white TV fade out. Once there, insert new details that scramble the memory. For instance, think about the time you bombed while giving a speech or investor pitch. Now just imagine that your audience was dressed in something that made you laugh. Do that five 
or 10 times and that memory will make you chuckle. As for strengthening your memories, recall the good memories as bright and loud as possible, like watching a movie in an IMAX theater. Keep adding how that experience made you feel for five or ten times. You should now feel on top of the world. Use that to motivate you going forward. So we see again the correlation between negative input, negative memories, positive input, positive memories. We can take control of our thoughts. We are not slaves um, to our minds and we're not slaves to the RAS. Now the RAS is not a bad thing. It's a safety mechanism for us, not just for our minds, but for our bodies as well. It is an essential part of what helps keep us alive and keep us safe. But when it's given the wrong input, like a computer, when you put something wrong in, the computer doesn't know the difference between right and wrong, positive and negative. It just accepts the input. And whatever the input is, it cycles through and creates that which is it is programmed to do. So if you're programming negative thoughts, feelings, um, addictions into your mind, then that's what it's going to do with your life. However, if you change the frame, move the frame of how you see things to more positive things, then that goes in through your RAS and goes to your mind and more and more positive things are created. Now, keep in mind what Father Mike Cantor told us in episode one of season, hello, anybody, can you answer that one? Season three. Father Mike Cantor shared with us, and I completely believe in this, that we are co-creators. That divine energy that we have been created from is us. It flows through us. The divine allows us free will so we can create and do with our lives as we wish. So, being positive, doing positive things leads to what? positive doing negative thinking negative leads to what negative so show of hands how many of you didn't get a good night's rest either this morning or last night or sometime in your life and you woke up grumpy and you're like you know what today's going to be a bad day and the day did go pretty crappy it was bad or your mind interpreted it as bad. Nothing could go right, or you perceived that nothing could go right. How did that happen? Because that's the program you put into your RAS, and that's what the RAS told your mind and body to achieve that day. Today's going to be terrible. Nothing's going to go right. It's like... It's like a, a you know a, a wishing well or something or a, a a Zoltar machine or a genie in a bottle where you're making a wish. You're telling your mind this is what you want, whether we are aware of that or not. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, we are we do this so much we're unconscious that we do it. You know I'm fat. I'm ugly. You know I don't like this. I don't like that. You know, he doesn't like me. She doesn't like me. Those things, those negative affirmations are that input that goes into our mind and our mind, not knowing better, just automatically goes with it. And, and then that whole thing affects us, not just mentally, but physically. And think about that when you're negative and you're thinking negative and you're feeling negative, that affects your health as well stress can kill you how because of that fight or flight response that ras is constantly telling your mind doom and gloom and that affects your body and your body affects it's you <laughs> it affects everything mainly your heart you know in your circulatory system and your organs and everything you know, a lot of people believe that 
that's how a lot of forms of cancer come about is, you know, from negativity. You know, yes, it comes from elements in our environment, but it can also come from negativity. Never underestimate the power of negative thoughts and views and feelings. They can kill. They really can. Okay, here's another great example and a great article. Again, link will be in the show notes and description. Show of hands. I know I've been doing that a lot in this show. <laughs> show of hands. How many of you are familiar with the snake and the rope story? And I don't see many people with their hands up. This is something I used to teach once upon a time uh, when I taught Buddhism and Eastern philosophies. It's an, a, an amazing story and an analogy. It's also called Rashu Sarpa Nyeya, and that is an ancient Vedantic philosophy, very Eastern, very ancient, and just absolutely amazing. We'll have shows in the future on Vedanta and Advaita, which a lot of times they go hand in hand. And that's uh, a whole belief and philosophy and way of seeing the ultimate reality in all things all the time. It's, it's mind-blowing stuff, and that's exactly what we need is mind-blowing stuff. But anyway, here the article says, try and guess the source of this philosophical quip. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. This is actually from Star Wars Jedi Knight Obi-Wan Kenobi. But it might as well have come from the Vedanta philosophy, the philosophy stemming from the Vedas, the Hindu scriptures. Let's take a look. Is what we see real? How far can we trust our senses? And how can yoga help? They use yoga in this term, and we'll talk more about that in future shows. But for now, let's uh, instead of saying yoga, let's use the word awareness or being aware. So how can awareness help? We'll start with a simple expression. My eyes were bigger than my stomach. This is an expression many of us have heard and used. Though what does it actually mean? Sight only happens with our eyes, yet we use it to sight to judge the visceral taste experience we think. Boy, that chocolate cake looks good. And wow, that pizza looks delicious. How do we know they really are good? And how do we know we'll enjoy the experience of eating it much as we assume? Here is the illusion. Seeing the whole picture is impossible as we often base the outcome on how we feel about the first bite. It is very easy to be overcome by our senses and forget that they are just reactions to stimuli. So what would happen if we stopped and thought before eating, how will this food make me feel? What happened the last time I ate this or drank that? These questions help us to see through the deception by clarifying our motivations and weeding out misconceptions so we can make choices that will lead to greater wellness and happiness. And I one was guilty of being on autopilot for many years um, but now having gone through and experienced and awakened to everything that I have I now have the utmost empathy when I drive by a fast food place and see the line of cars at the drive-through or see the parking lot full at a, a fast food restaurant or a restaurant that I know is selling greasy artery clogging heart attack food I too was one of those people how often do we think when we are these people or maybe you are still today when you are at the drive-thru and you're ordering how many of you are thinking of what the ingredients are what it's going to do to your body it's you just most of us don't it's impulse again you know the RAS is kicking in because it's based on conditioning, uh, based on previous experiences, you know, what made me feel good? Eating this burger, eating these fries with these condiments makes me happy. It makes me feel good. So what happens? 
the RAS triggers the mind to crave that, want that, because it believes that it's good for you. It will trigger dopamine, which makes you feel good and feel relaxed and happy. And that's just not right. And everything goes right along with that. So the article continues. To further illustrate the cloudiness of our perception, here is a parable. This particular type of parable is a nieia. The didactic stories used in Vedantic philosophy to illustrate a point. This one is called Raju Sarpa Nyeya, the rope and the snake. A man walks at night along a path. He sees a poisonous snake barring his way and turns and runs in the opposite direction. As he returns along the same path in the morning, he finds a coiled rope on the ground. He realizes that in the darkness, he mistook the coiled rope as a snake and it dawns on him in the dark. It is hard to see reality as it truly is in the light of day. We see more clearly our perception of reality can be clouded by darkness, which is ignorance to reality. This ignorance sometimes manifests as rapid judgment or fear as we react solely based on senses or emotions, or as we've been talking about the RAS, a common example of seeing the snake instead of the rope is when we're asked to meet with our boss. If we have to wait a couple of hours to dwell on it before the meeting, the mind can go all over the place. And oh my, oh my, how, how many of us have been in that situation? How many of you have gotten a call from your doctor and you weren't there to take it? And the doctor was like, can you call me? Um, I want to talk to you immediately. The mind goes negative and the RAS just starts kicking in negative things. And we start feeling negative and we start getting sick to our stomach because that adrenaline starts to be um, released from, you know, our kidneys. And it, it's just it's it's just a mess. So the same thing applies here with waiting for the boss. You start to think. What did I do? What does he or she want? Am I in trouble? But is there any real indication of trouble? Have you actually done something wrong? Expecting the worst is seeing the snake. And because we've had this experience or know people who have had this experience previously, our RAS clicks through, filters through to our mind that this has to be something negative. This is not something positive. So when you see a snake, practice yoga or awareness. Stop and take a breath. Think back to the outcomes of prior meetings with the boss. I know in my case, I used to worry quite a bit, but I rarely had a bad meeting. Now I try to breathe deeply and see the rope. So you're seeing the truth the ultimate reality rather than relative or negative reality. So we're focusing on positive instead of negative. Negative would be the snake. Positive would be the rope. Another common example could be coming home to your partner and they don't greet you as joyfully as you are accustomed. Maybe a little tersely. The snake would say, what did I do this time? Or why are you mad at me? Often when people are curt with us, it has nothing to do with us. This particular snake is called ego. What an easy time to get into an argument, stopping and taking the deep breath and bringing to awareness might lead to a response on our part. More like, did you have a rough day? Care to talk about it? Then we can find the true cause of the disturbance instead of escalating the reactivity of the situation. So, wow, haven't we all been in that situation before to where someone, maybe a coworker, a loved one is acting out of sorts and you automatically or immediately the RAS triggers in your mind that, oh my God, what did I do now? What, what did I do in 
you get perturbed. You become upset and that results in an attack on the other person or an automatic defensiveness that doesn't need to be there. I mean, raise raise your hand. We've all been there to where you automatically become defensive about something that doesn't even have anything to do with you, which triggers the other person who's already agitated about something else to get even more agitated because then they're wondering why is he or she being defensive? What have they done? See, now that triggers that triggers their snake, their RAS into negative mode, and it just goes and goes, and there becomes an argument, and there becomes fights. There's divorces from this, people separating because of this, and it just goes on and on and on. So although the snake is not real, the poison from it is. Seeing through it is where awareness comes in. I have mentioned several times to stop and take a breath. The essence of awareness, be it postures, breathing exercises, or meditation, we always observe and control the breath. In this way, we watch the mind and see where it jumps to, how it reacts. It gains us some distance between awareness and reaction. So you can choose how to react. You can choose how that RAS interacts and filters the information going to your mind. Yoga, or as we're saying in this instant, awareness develops the ability to stop and see the rope before acting. With practice, it is possible to discriminate perception from reality and pause for reflection. This was written by Michael Hutkins, who is a yoga instructor. And again, I'll have information on this article or link to this article um, in the show notes and description. So going on further with the snake rope um, analogy, how many of us have been children and we are totally believing that we heard something in the closet? There's a monster in your closet or there's a monster under your bed or there's hands coming up from under the bed that are going to grab you. It's so terrifying that you either run to your parents screaming and crying or you just go under the covers and you tuck yourself in and, and hope and pray that it doesn't get you. But in reality, what is there? Nothing. But your RAS is saying there is. So much so you actually believe it and experience it and feel it. How did this come about? Maybe we watched a movie where that happened. The killer was under the bed or the ghost was under the bed or the monster was under the bed or in the closet and it jumped out or their hands came up around you and got you. I think it was it uh, Friday the 13th or... Oh, uh, what's the Jason movies? One of, the, one of those that has that in it, if not both of them have that in it. So children see this and then it's in your mind and that RAS fight or flight kicks in, that fear. But it's not true. It's not real. And how many of us react to this in everyday life the same way. We're not seeing things real. We're not seeing and reacting to things in a positive light. You know, I know I got off course a little bit. Well, I guess not with getting into fear-based things, but we do all have a lot of fears that hinder us and hold us back that aren't real, that we can overcome. Again, that contemplation, that meditation, that pausing, taking a breath, checking your mind, saying, okay, what is this really? Shine the light on it, the light of wisdom, the light of the divine. Shine that on there. What ultimately is going on here? You know? Okay, how many of you, and I'm not going to say show of hands, even though I just did, how many of you, when someone asks you, how are you? How many of you reply, I'm good or I'm fine, and you kind of say it that way, and it's, it's not positive. You don't reply, I'm great, I'm blessed, anything like that. See, that's that whole negativity. See, I'm not 
great, I'm good. I'm not blessed, I'm fine. See, it, we've got to break these patterns because that is what, if you're telling your mind, I'm good, not great. I'm fine, not blessed. That's how your life's going to be. And I know a lot of people will, will you know, poo-poo on this and say, well, you know, I've got this and I've got that and, you know, my health is horrible. I understand that completely. But there's always something positive to be found in suffering. And that's what our faith is all about or should be all about is helping us and teaching us to find the positive in everything. And some would even banter by saying, well, I suffer from severe depression. What is causing your depression? Again, this is where you would need to seek medical help. And again, I know we've talked about this on many shows. And even Father Mike and I did a show on healthy mind, uh, body and soul. And if you haven't heard it, that's season three. Go back and check it out. It's really, really good. Uh, where Father Mike and I both share our personal experiences uh, with our mental suffering um, and how we've handled it and how we've both gotten help. And there's nothing wrong with seeking help. There is absolutely no reason to suffer. You know, you again, here's the rope snake thing. Well, I don't want to go because blah, you know, negative. No, I need to go because I want to get better, positive. I need to go because I will get better, even more positive. See how these affirmations have such power just by changing the wording of what you're thinking and saying. It means an amazing amount of difference and has such great power on the RAS and your mind and your body and your life. Okay, so next I want to share some information on affirmations. Um, I highly recommend and suggest uh, keeping a journal. If you are one that hasn't done that or maybe did it once upon a time, um, please think, seriously think about picking it up and doing it again. It can be an amazing, powerful and effective tool in reframing your life. Uh, the article, again, this is from the Entrepreneur um, article, uh, talks about precision affirmations. We've all heard of affirmations, repeating positive statements to ourselves in order to believe it, writes John Aserif, the CEO of Neurogym. While that may sound good in theory, there is often a severe lack of specificity spe <laughs> that can hinder results. Instead, make a clear, definitive statement about yourself as if it is already true. Your subconscious mind takes over and will act in accordance with that belief. This will imprint these beliefs into new neural pathways and this isn't spiritual humbo jumbo or mumbo jumbo where'd humbo come <laughs> that's his brother this isn't spiritual mumbo jumbo this is scientific proof folks this is actual scientific proof say your chief aim every morning and evening based on napoleon hill's think and grow rich a definite chief aim is a specific clearly defined statement of purpose writes Dr. Julie Connor. It has the power to guide your subconscious mind. It transforms your attitude from pessimism into positive expectation. Write down your own chief aim and say it out loud every morning and evening. When I started my invoice company, I started every day by saying that I would become the best at this. Not quite there, but getting there. So more information on affirmation. Affirmations are written or spoken positive statements that, when consistently practiced, rewire your thoughts and beliefs, and therefore your emotions. If you have a negative belief or common thought that causes you to feel bad, you can replace it with an empowering thought. If you repeat it to yourself regularly, such as when the negative belief is triggered, 
and at predetermined times of the day, you practice this new belief, helping it become ingrained into your implicit automatic memory. Over time, this thought becomes habituated and you believe it. So it's not taking something false because I know a lot of people will say, well, that's just not true. But I would return in debate by saying, well, what you're saying negatively is not true. So why not try this? Why not try to be positive? And again, it's, it's very easy. Start off slow. Start, I mean, how do you get from A to Z? You've got to go through the whole alphabet, one letter at a time, one step at a time. And I know <laughs> we are people, beings that want everything yesterday. <laughs> and I'm, I'm raising my hand. I'm right there with you, but I am working on that. And I urge you all greatly to do the same thing. Work at that. Change these negative knee-jerk reactions and responses that are reflex to positive reflexes. Okay, so how do we do this? Okay, number one, you're going to need a notebook, your handy-dandy notebook, or a journal. They're very inexpensive. You can get them from the dollar store um, or whatever they are now, dollar fifty, dollar seventy-five store, or anywhere you can pick them up. Or just grab a piece of paper. Works as a journal. There are four keys to successful, successful excuse me, affirmation statements. And these are proven, folks. This isn't, um, again, mumbo-jumbo stuff. This is actual proven methods, okay? Number one, it must be believable and within your control. So you can't wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to make a million dollars. Or today I'm going to get a million dollars. We've got to do baby steps, you know. Again, we can't get from A to Z by jumping through the alphabet. We've got to go one letter at a time baby steps eventually you'll get to the million dollars <laughs> number two it must be present tense happening now personal i positive no nots or don'ts number three you must feel it that can't be stressed enough and number four you must repeat it regularly three to five times per day for 21 to 30 days. That's how long it humanly takes us to develop a habit for something to ingrain in our self-conscious the where that RAS switch flips to the positive affirmation instead of the negative reaction or the negative habitual reaction or negative conditioning. Okay, so here's the activity. What negative beliefs do you commonly think to yourself or even say out loud about yourself, your capabilities, your confidence, or anything else that holds you back? I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'm tired. I don't feel good. I hurt. I'm sad. I'm panicking. I have anxiety. They don't love me. No one loves me. These are these negative beliefs and write any of these down or any that you feel. Think about this. Pray on this. Meditate on this. Contemplate this, these negative beliefs and write them down. Okay, next, for each negative belief, I want you to write a new phrase that is positive and empowering using the guidelines above this or these are the new beliefs you would like to hold and by practicing them you can retrain your beliefs i'm smart i'm intelligent i'm loved i feel great i am loved and the list goes on and on you would just go through what you listed negative and underneath each one that you listed negative, write something positive and empowering. So these positive, empowering things that you wrote down, these phrases, these now become your affirmations. So repeat these affirmative statements at least three times a day 
five to ten times each session. So three times a day can be when you get up in the morning, at lunchtime, and before you go to bed. Those are three easy times where you can have that paper with you or the handy-dandy notebook or journal with you. It doesn't have to be a big journal. It can be a little pocket journal. I highly recommend those. And at least three times a day, recite these positive affirmations. If you're not someplace where you can do it out loud, think it, feel it from your heart. Again, we must feel this. Feel these affirmations and say them five to ten times each of those three sessions. Consider posting it on your mirror, computer, your nightstand, where you can see it regularly. Do this with additional beliefs and thoughts. You can add to this as you go. Start off with a few or start off with one. If you're a person that's very doom and gloom and that's how you've been um, conditioned and that's how you feel the world treats you, start with one positive affirmation and work on that. If you feel comfortable doing more than one, do so. But just don't take on too many the first time. Give it a try. Wade into it. Stick your toe in the water. Believe me, you will love it. If the water is great, it's the best thing that's going to happen with reframing your life. So what did we do? Did we change the picture? Going back to uh, the Craig Rochelle, our senior pastor Craig Rochelle's imagery of the you know storm over in the left coming into frame, but over on the right, it's bright and sunny still. Did we change the picture? Yes and no. It's still the same picture, but we've reframed our focus. We are now focused on the positive. So you can also look at this picture. We assumed that the storm on the left was coming in, was approaching, and was going to take over our bright and sunny day, our bright and sunny life. But what if I told you it was just the opposite? What we saw on the left, or we envisioned on the left, the storm, had passed. It's gone. It's leaving. And what we are seeing now and experiencing now is the bright, sunny day, the bright, sunny life. See, we changed the frame of how we see and interpret the picture, the visualization, how we interpret it. And in doing that, it's completely reversed what we originally saw or perceived with the picture or the vision. And again, I can't stress enough. If you are in need of medical help, please seek it. If you suffer from PTSD, anxiety, depression, please get help. I suffered from PTSD very badly and went and got help. Uh, contrary to what my RAS was telling me, I overcame it and did it, and it was one of the absolute best things that ever happened to me, to my family, to my friends, to the show, to everyone. It's such an, a major ripple effect, a butterfly effect, that we don't realize how our views and how we perceive things affects our lives. Because over our lifetime, it's been so subtle, you know, a little bit here and there, that it's added up without us even realizing it. So by doing these things that we just talked about, it slowly rewires our minds. It reprograms the computer that is our mind, and in turn, that changes our lives, that changes our physicality, our bodies. We learn to not just operate from our minds, but more from our heart, because we're rewiring that RAS for love. That's what positive things are, is love. 
And that's what Jesus taught. That's what Buddha taught. That's what all the great sages and masters teach is love. And it starts with us. You know, we can't love someone else if we're not loving ourselves. You know, Ru- RuPaul, and there I go quoting RuPaul again, says, how can you love someone if you can't love yourself? Or how the hell can you love someone if you don't love yourself? Along those lines. But you get the idea. It starts with us. We can't be beating ourselves up anymore. We can't be abusive to ourselves. We can't be negative to ourselves anymore. Say that affirmation. I can't. I won't be negative to myself. I am this. Positive, positive, positive. And I know it's easier said than done, folks, but it can be done. One step at a time. I always refer back to that old Christmas cartoon or uh, animation uh, from Christmases back in the probably late 60s, early 70s. Here I go showing my age again. Uh, of the winter, the, the, the wizard that represents winter, and he sang the song, put one foot in front of the other. We've got to do that, folks. We've got to put one foot in front of the other. Your life is worth that. You are worth that. You are the divine, and the divine is you. And as the old saying goes, God don't make junk. (laughs) So you are a divine being inside and out, but so is everybody else. So we start with ourselves. We learn that, we grow from that, and then we see, are able to see that in everyone and everything. I hope this helps, folks. If you have any questions or want any more information, please don't hesitate to contact me. My contact information is always at the end of every show. And it's also on the website all the time. I'm always here for you. I love you all so, so, so much. Please take care of yourselves. Love yourselves and love everyone and everything. This week's prayer requests are as follows. First, we have Elaine. Uh, Elaine has to go for a bronchioscopy on Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, She found out this week from her CT scan that she has some lesions in her lung, and she also has a new bacteria, which I had mentioned last week. So let's please, please, please keep her in our heart, thoughts, and prayers, especially Tuesday morning at 11.30 Eastern Time. Also in need of prayers are Bob, Ariana, Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Clyde, Rachel, Mike S, Kathy, Michael T, Father Mike Cantor, Eddie, Father Daniel, his mother Anne, and his two brothers, Emma and Jean. And if you are in need of prayers, please do not hesitate to contact me. I love to pray and people that listen to the show love to pray as well. My contact information is at the end of the show and at the end of every show. Let us pray for those who have requested our prayers and for everyone in need. In nomine divi fili espiritus sancti. O great divine, we give thanks to you for everything we are and have. We have so many blessings that we often forget how many blessings we have until we encounter someone who does not. Please keep us humble and grateful. Please protect us, keep us safe, keep us healthy. Please heal those in need of healing, save those in need of saving. We thank you for this moment and our time together and we so hope and pray that we are able to meet again this same time next week. May the divine shine upon and within you. May you experience divine love, compassion, and forgiveness. May the divine hear and answer your prayers. May your brokenness be healed and may you share that healing with others. May the divine bless you with peace, health, and love. In nomine divi fili et spiritus 
Sancti. Amen. We so hope and pray that you have enjoyed the show and have found everything that you are searching for in a podcast and more here with us. We now have an amazon.com wish list for the show for anyone who would like to make an offering. A link can always be found in the show notes. Angel is always open to questions and suggestions. We have people listening from all over the world. There are amazing beings, past and present, in your country, society, and culture that we do not know about. But we should. Please contact Angel and share these amazing beings so the world can learn about them. Next is prayers. We love to pray and our listeners love to pray as well. So, let us pray for you. There are two ways to do this. The first is to email angel directly at faithandmorepodcast@gmail.com. The second is through our website at faithandmorepodcast.wixsite.com. Slash. My. Dash. Site. There is a form at the bottom of the website to request prayers. So, until next time. Have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in angels heart and prayers. Bless you.